on today's episode of Drunk Dudes Talking Wrestling. Fucking Christ, Raven. We have been going for five seconds. Five seconds. Is the guy with six dogs walking his dogs? He was walking them before and he was leaving his house. He might be coming back. I want to meet this guy and then also tell him to walk somewhere else. Walk in his backyard. Yeah, walk him in your walk in a circle in your backyard, you son of a bitch. One by one, all six of them. Fuck it, I'll just leave that in. Uh, we're we're gonna talk about everything all out. We're talking Adam Cole, Bay Bay. We're talking Brian Danielson. We're talking Ruby Soho. We're talking Minoru Suzuki. He was there. Hmm. We had an all time. Re- we had a, we had not an all time. I guess it's an all time. We have a new record for beer ratings and a pay per view because of All Out. Uh, and I have a little conspiracy theory. I'm going to talk about with that. I okay. highly doubt. I highly doubt it's a conspiracy theory because. Well, you'll see when we talk about it, but uh, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about everything that's happened in this week in wrestling, uh, with the exception of SmackDown, which is tomorrow. We're recording a little early this week on Thursday. We're going to talk a little bit about Kevin Owens, some news that happened with him. We're going to talk about Mick Foley's video that surfaced online this week, uh, kind of talking shit about WWE. And obviously... Got a couple listener questions, as we always do. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at DDT WrestlePod. You can follow me on Untapped at Dylan Free. You can follow Joe on Untapped at Joe Kalinowski. Honestly, it's been a hot minute since I've uh, posted a beer. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get back into that. It's been been like a month or so since I've drank a new beer. I've, I found a found a lot of found a lot of ones that around here that I really like. Yup, that was so. That was so early, Joe. Oh, fuck. What are you doing? Oh, I, I, I had just had my finger on it for so long because I was expecting you to say, Joe, are you ready? And I was. Well, all right then. <laughs> oh, let's go. Welcome into episode 23 of the Drunk Dudes Talking Wrestling. I am Dylan. I am joined by Joe. Hello, Joe. Hey. Joe, we've, uh, we had, we're, we're, we're on the heels or, uh, yeah, on the heels of quite possibly one of, one of the best pay-per-views that I've ever seen that I can remember, uh, online. People are saying the same thing. That's yeah. A lot of a lot of people really enjoyed all out. Yeah, they uh they went all out on on the matches. I guess that's a good way to put it. Yeah. But there's a few things that we have to talk about first. So uh we'll talk about like some of the new stuff from this week. 
first, I want to talk about Kevin Owens. So I found out that I was probably very, very wrong about when you asked me about Sami Zayn because I kind of lumped Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens together. Uh, there's all the rumors that Sami Zayn is potentially leaving WWE. Uh, I still haven't seen those, so I'll just take your word for it. But this week, there was rumors surfacing of Kevin Owens's contract is apparently expiring in January. Uh, yeah, I have seen those. So after that news surfaced, there was a bunch of teasing on the internet on Twitter by him. I don't remember exactly when it happened because I just see like pictures of people tweeting it that stalk Kevin Owens, but he tweeted the coordinates of Mount Rushmore, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which apparently was his tag team name when he used to team with Adam Cole in ring of honor. So I, it, it was from from what I read, it was a faction of Adam Cole and the Young Bucks. Oh, I mean, like I said last week, I, I just see headlines or pictures of stuff, and I just I just take the I I only read the headlines honestly. I don't have time to read all these articles, you know. But yeah, either way, big tease for that. And then he also changed his location because, like on Twitter, you can like set your location. I don't know. I don't think I ever do that, but he set his location to almost there. And then the young bucks, the young bucks set their location to there. Yeah. And it was like a few hours after he posted the coordinates for Mount Rushmore that he deleted the tweet. So everyone's speculating now that it's that Kevin Owens is probably the next big name to jump to AEW. Yeah. Are you are you buying that? I'm uh I'm I'm looking at I'm looking at the market right now. I I don't know if I'll if I if I'm gonna buy it just yet, but wow, that'd be exciting. It would be very exciting. I do think that they they being AEW, they're at a perfect point right now. I think like you start signing too many more people than you've got now. I think, I think right now they're at the perfect point as far as like signing big stars, you sign more big stars already. Like, and we'll get to it when we talk about the weekly recap, but like you have your big stars. There's not really a whole lot of places on the card that you can fit them already. And you throw a Kevin Owens in the situation and possibly a Sami Zayn because they followed each other everywhere they've ever gone since they've been wrestling there's not a whole lot of room for anyone else unless they do tag team. But even the, the tag, the tag division is also stacked stacked. Yeah. Like everything, like every part of their, like they, in my opinion, have the best roster now in wrestling. And I think it's no question. Yeah. So uh, aside from the obvious stars that AEW is, is building slash has built AEW is giving us the WWE roster that we wanted or the, the, the shows or the, the booking of the WWE roster that we've wanted to see. And I think that's what makes it so fun and special to watch is you're seeing all these people that you wanted to see succeed 
at the highest level, which was WWE and WWE didn't give them either enough opportunities or as many opportunities to shine as you would have wanted to probably with the exception of Daniel, Brian Danielson and Adam Cole, like they're, they're letting these people there's, they're letting all these wrestlers shine on AEW. Yeah. Ruby Soho is like the best example of that as of right now. In two uh, appearances. In two appearances. Hell, in, in just the one appearance, but yeah. Oh, you two appearances as of right now. She's did the battle royal and then had a match on uh last night on Dynamite. We've also got I mean Andrade is undefeated. Um Malachi Black never really did anything on the main roster of that much importance. He's undefeated and has a huge match at the Arthur Ashe show against Cody. Yeah. There, I mean, there's just so many of them that like, I think this is the one thing that like why I love AEW so much is because I'm seeing all these people that I wanted to see succeed in WWE when I saw them. Cause when you see them in NXT, you build a liking for them and you want to see them succeed on the main roster and then they get to the main roster and then you get people like carrying cross. Yeah. Or uh, Bobby Roode. Yeah. Bobby Roode. Andrade when he was there. Aleister Black when he was there. James Elworth. He was, I don't think he was ever on NXT. I don't know either. (laughs) But yeah, I I definitely understand what you're saying there. And I I agree with you wholeheartedly. It's it's people that that we know deserve a chance. And deserve to be featured. And a lot of the times we're booked as jobbers. Even, even I say, and especially when you have a successful tag team, like let's say the Viking Raiders. And I mean, obviously in the past year, year and a half, there have been injuries on both sides of the Viking Raiders. And when the other person was, was, was injured, the, the person that was, was still healthy was being used for stuff like chasing the 24 seven championship. Yeah. I'd rather see you maintain the appeal of the tag team and just keep them off TV. Yeah, than, exactly. Than do stuff like that. Give them know? time. Give, give the guy that his partner is injured. Give those, give both of them, give the injured guy obvious time off and then give the partner time off as well. Yeah. Cause you can't use them otherwise. Yeah. Or else they're going to look, like fodder chasing the 24 seven championship. Yeah. Which we had a, uh, a huge one, a, a huge loss for a lot of people's favorites. Uh, chase, we, we saw them sort of chasing the 24 seven championship this week, which yeah, we'll talk about that. Now, before we get too far uh, from the original topic, I talked to Chad today and he thinks that, Kevin Owens is too big a name for WWE to, to go down without a fight. I also talked to him about this. He said he thinks that Vince will throw a championship at him to hopefully keep him around. I asked him, do you think it'll be the WWE or universal championship? He said, I don't think so. And do you think that's enough to keep Kevin Owens around? No, he's had, intercontinental uh, maybe intercontinental but he's had he's been an intercontinental and 
United, United States. States champion. I know. I mean, definitely United States. Yeah, I the intercontinental one. I'm. I'm on. I'm honestly just like I honestly don't know. Yeah, but probably he's good enough. Probably probably was intercontinental champion at one point. I wish there was like a database we could look at. Or some something we could like use some kind to, of in, encyclopedia, some sort of informational thing that we could look all these things up on. Yeah, yeah. Somebody should invent that or something. Yeah, um, some, some fucking nerd that hangs out in his garage. Yeah, yeah. In the garage, that's where it should be made. Yeah, I and then agree. it should be built into like a billion dollar industry. Yeah, but as far as I know, nothing like that exists. Uh, so talked a little bit about carrying cross earlier about how he's watered down. Uh, somebody else called him watered down this week. And that man is Mick Foley. Mick Foley had a made his own, like, I think it was like a Facebook video or something like that, that he posted on all of his social media this week. Uh, I, I took some notes of like some highlights. He said, uh, the video was titled WWE. We've got a problem. And this came out, uh, I think. On Monday or Tuesday, basically after the fall, the fallout from All Out, uh, with accompanied by I think either like either just right after that happened on Monday or on Tuesday after you got to see Raw, which is always a shit show. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the big stuff he said, he says, Deve- Del- "Jesus, developmental mm-hmm. talent sees how their characters are treated and then cut." And like, why would you want to go somewhere? And uh, he also said he's like, not like those those people at that point when you're doing that to them. How can they be sure that WWE is is the place to trust with their careers in their hands? Right. And then the, the developmental talent as well, like goes to NXT. Sometimes they have a big following in NXT. And then they go to the main roster and get watered down. And he mentioned carrying cross mm-hmm. it. Uh, it's just, there is so much momentum right now for AEW, And it's just like something I've never seen before. Yeah. It's... I mean, I, I was, I was not following wrestling during the Monday night wars and I didn't get to see or like we're we're watching it in the retro reviews, which are back next week, by the way. But we're seeing that in the retro beer ratings that we do of the momentum that WWE has and how they're carrying it through the Attitude Era. It's almost like we are in 1997 again, except it's everything is reversed. WWE is WCW, AEW is WWE. Now, I don't think the end goal, the end game here, or the end goal for either company is to put either one out of business. I just think both want to be number one. Yeah. And I mean, if we're going on a, a pure ratings basis, WWE's still killing them. Yeah. Destroying them. Raw, raw, going- raw is beating raw, which is awful. It's still beating dynamite and, and rampage with the exception of the first dance show is getting beat by NXT. So it's not really a ratings thing, but they have all the momentum on their side right now. AEW yeah. does. And and once once people stop saying, "Oh, AEW is just another fad. It's something different that isn't great." 
Um, and they're just trying to sign up big, big stars to, to try and grab a lore. And they start accepting that it's actually good storytelling and awesome wrestling. Then W like WW or AEW is going to catch up on those ratings. WWE has been around for decades. Many of them. AEW has been around since 2019, 18, 19, 2019. They've been on TV for two years. Not and, even yet. Technically not even yet, but it's a month away. And they're, they're climbing. It's, it's a slow race, but it's a steady race. There's a lot of people that are WWE, WWE marks that will only accept WWE as the top wrestling promotion. But when it comes down to it, AEW's for the, the actual wrestling fans is 100% more enjoyable. It's by far the more enjoyable product to watch right now. Yeah. And that's, that's not, I, I mean, we're not, I'm not at least in any way bashing WWE. I am bashing raw on a week to week basis right now because it does absolutely fucking suck. Yes. But SmackDown has been amazing. It's been great. SmackDown's been amazing. NXT has been great for years. Yeah. But- and NXT, like I said, last week had, a, I think a pretty lackluster show. I think this week they bounced back. I was sitting here watching it right before this uh, because I didn't watch it on Tuesday. I'm watching it. I watched it today on recording. There were some segments and we'll talk about them, but, and I think, you know what I'm going to talk, what I'm <laughs> talking about now. There were some segments that while Leslie was making dinner tonight, like I was laughing hysterically yeah, at the segment. And she was like, what are you doing? <laughs> Yeah, I was like, very have, funny. I was like, I was like, baby, you have to, you had to be there. <laughs> yeah, very, very funny. But then AEW came on the next night, and it was, I'll admit, not as funny. But goddamn, not as funny. Not one of their best shows. But there, there's only their, there's- their best shows are are that good. That's why it's not one of their best shows. It was still a damn good show. Yeah, there, there's one promo in, in particular that we'll talk about that was just hurtful. Dynamite this week was a fucking roast fest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then Raw was Raw, obviously. Yeah. WWE does have a problem. It's, they can't continue signing people if, they, if people are scared that they'll lose their jobs in a couple of years. Yeah, and it's just... I feel like every... If I were... 16, 17, 18 years old right now, aspiring to be a professional wrestler. Which you should, even at this age. No, never going to. Nope, not going to do that. If anything, by now, I could. The only thing I could potentially do in the wrestling business is be like a referee. Or a commentator. You have. I say, uh, well, I said it last week. I say like, um, and yeah, a lot. This is just not good stuff for. If I were to be a commentator, I'd have to be on WWE. I would need somebody in my ear telling me what to say. True. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the only other thing, the only other news I have from this week, we got our first look at the uh, new AEW video game. Yeah, it looks pretty cool. I mean, we we only got like, I think it was a Jungle Boy Darby Allen match or something like that on the video game. They obviously didn't like show the whole thing, but. Uh, it's being made by Ukes, which made all the really good WWE SmackDown video games back in the day. 
which are some of my favorite wrestling games of all time. Specifically, Here Comes the Pain, the one with uh, Brock Lesnar on the front. I'm pretty sure they made all those, and those were great wrestling games. I, I, I mean, much anticipated. Like I'm, I'm anticipating this being a pretty good game just based off of Uke's track record. But we'll see. I'm yeah. probably, I'm probably gonna buy it though. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'll buy it. I Dep- have something depends else. on depends on if it has a general manager mode. Right. I have something else to talk about, and I'm, I don't know if you've heard about this. Oh boy. We always uh, talk. We always talk about what we're gonna talk about before we actually start recording. And uh, Joe didn't mention anything, so I'm. Did you know that WWE has teamed up with Netflix and will be releasing? Are you talking about the Undertaker New Day movie? Yeah. (laughs) Okay, I did see that. I did. Sure. Yeah. Am I going to watch it? I don't know. Probably. Sounds like something I would do. You're going to watch it. Yeah. Am I going to enjoy it? I doubt it. I yeah. read the I read like the whatever the suspected plot line to it is. It sounds pretty dumb. But it's the new day, so you know it'll probably be pretty funny. Oh yeah, they'll definitely make it funny. But Do I think it's gonna be an all-time great horror movie. No. Do I, I like I doubt movies? it's gonna be a horror movie at all. Yeah. It's probably gonna be like horror movie vibe but not scary at all. Who like Haunted and, Mansion starring Eddie Murphy. And more like a comedy. Yeah. I haven't seen that, but... What? Sorry, dude. It's a classic from childhood. I mean, I just don't watch a whole lot of movies. I'm one of those people that like, you, you tell me like, have you seen this movie? And it's like a classic movie. I probably haven't seen it. Now, if it's like a... Uh, slapstick comedy from the mid 2000s yeah i've seen them all that's why i like that's why like mcgruber is like one of my favorites of all time all right so i mean that if that's all the news probably all the news speaking of oh speaking of favorites of all time let's talk about all out boom who said favorites of all time i did about mcgruber oh Jesus, yeah, dude. there was there was too much of a gap. You're I'm back sorry. on your bullshit this week, not listening. No, I, you said it like so long ago at this point. It didn't. There was maybe you're right. A, you're right. Was, it's my fault. There was maybe a sentence in between the segue. I hope we listen back to this and you didn't actually say greatest of all time. That's what I hope for. Favorites. I said favorites of all time, and I did. I'm fairly confident I said that. <laughs> But yeah, let's get into the the all-out beer ratings. Uh, Like we said in the beginning of the show, uh, before the music hit, we've got a new record. I'm going to hold it to the end, but you can, if you have a calculator handy, or you can do very, very simple math addition, uh, just add it up as we go. Uh, The first match we're going to talk about is the 10-man tag that was on the buy-in. We had the... Hardy Family Office, the HFO versus the Jurassic Express and the Best Friends. There were there was so many tags. There were a lot of tags. There were so many tags. And I, I that shouldn't have even been a note I took. That should have just been common sense before I even started watching the match. But that was a note I took, as well as we 
I don't know if this match had as many, but something I want to talk about before we get to the main card. I've never seen a fucking pay-per-view that had so many chest chops in my entire life. Yeah. Holy shit. I think chest chops probably attributed to seven or eight beers on this pay-per-view. Well, yeah, the uh, the Miro match and the Moxley, the, then the Moxley match. Yeah, I'll, like, but but Miro just went absolute ham, and I think d- Eddie like, Kingston did too. Eddie Kingston, yeah, that was Eddie like Kingston his. Contributed that contributed to an entire beer. Yeah, it, we'll, we'll get to that though. I'm gonna con- I'm gonna talk about somebody that contributed to an entire two beers in about ten seconds later. Uh, but. This was, I mean, back to the 10-man tag. It was, a, it was a good opening match. Get the crowd hot. Uh, we got to see the Jurassic Express and uh, TH2 play some chicken. That was, a, that was a funny moment. Yeah. Your face looks like you don't remember that. No, I, I remember it. Oh, okay. Oh, that was pretty funny. Yeah. Um, we had the return of Butcher after the match. Uh, which the faces won, which we all predicted. So the best friends in Jurassic Express win. Butcher comes out. They all beat down Orange Cassidy, and they go to like try to cut his hair is what it looked like during the pay-per-view, and then we kind of got that confirmation on Dynamite this week that uh, that's the angle that we're going with here. Uh, Orange Cassidy continuing to be in some of the weirdest storylines, like, like the 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 head scratching angles that you see on on AEW, and it's probably going to end up he's probably going to end up being in a fucking banger match with somebody or a hair for hair match. I mean, it'll be a hair for a hair match, and he'll probably win. It'll probably be versus Matt Hardy because why why wouldn't it be? And Matt Hardy's going to be bald eventually, and it's probably going to be a really good match. Who knows? Uh, but this match got two beers. Two beers for two beers yep. for the buy-in. Yeah. Uh, okay, match. Fun. It was it was definitely a fun match, and it it delivered. It, but it was it, this was just the start of everything we got in in all out. Yeah, it just started getting worse from there. As mm-hmm. far as like how much you had to drink. Mm-hmm. So we started the night with a match we've kind of already talked about. Miro versus Eddie Kingston. Uh, the crowd was pumped to see Eddie Kingston. They had like the 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 fuck him up Eddie, fuck him up chance. Always love those. Chicago's yeah. great. Chicago's great for chance where you uh where you say fuck. Mm-hmm. They always they always throw that in there. Uh we Started the match right off the bat. I mean, with chops, of course, because you already talked about it. Eddie Kingston starts out. I, I wrote it down. Starts out the match with four chops and then 12 like the with the rapid fire or shotgun chops. We're already a beer in. This match just started. We're over a beer in. Yeah. And it was at this. I mean, it wasn't really at this point. I, I can keep up with that, especially since we're only one match in. But we had... So much more to go. And I, I could already see the signs that this this night was not going to end great for me. They had uh, they also had a you fucked up chant to the ref. 
Yeah. You you remember this part where uh, one of them, I, I don't even remember who took the, like, it was Miro who was giving a German suplex to Kingston. And when he suplexed him, the turn, like the turnbuckle pad came yeah, off, came off and, and Eddie, Eddie, like went for the pin, right? Yeah. And then later in the match, Kingston tries to throw Miro into the corner and the ref just gets in the way, says mm-hmm. no. And Miro's like Miro's just like right there after just getting thrown toward the corner, stops himself, and he's in the ref's face. Ref doesn't see Miro gives Eddie Kingston a low blow. Mm-hmm. And then hits like uh I don't know what they're calling it now, but whatever used to be called the whatever they're calling what used to be called the Machka kick. It's yeah. that for the three count. Uh, I just remembered the, the you fucked up stuff was from the like Kingston hitting like the spinning back elbow or whatever. And the ref like, I don't know what the ref was doing, but the ref just I, I think he grabbed the turnbuckle pad or whatever and like took his time to place that gently on the outside of the ring before he did the three count. And the fans were pissed. Yeah. Yeah. He was trying, I think he was trying to put the, the p- buckle pad back on. Oh, I'm remembering correctly. I'm not really sure. At this point, I was already drunk or at least already catching a buzz. Yeah. Because this match got three beers. We're two matches in. We're a fifth of the way done with the pay per view and we're at five beers. But, Joe, I'm going to ask you real quick. I'm going to see if you know this. Out of all the matches on All Out, which match do you think got the highest beer rating on the card? Uh, I have the Battle Royal as the highest beer rating. Well, you would be wrong. Okay. Because what did you give the uh, John Moxley satoshi kojima match because i think we talked about this because i've seen AEW twice i've seen all out twice now once where i tried to drink for it and failed miserably and a second time where i made sure we got all the drinks and did tallies um one two three four five um i had it it looks like it looks like it would be three beers per my my thing for Moxley and Kojima? Yeah. Well, you would be wrong there because this match got six and a quarter beers. Hmm. I don't know how I fucked up so bad. Well, we started with a debut by Satoshi Kojima. Uh, I didn't count the debut. Well, there's four for you. And then if you tack on the debut at the end, that's five. So I did count that one. Oh, then you're still pretty far off. Um, I do remember when we were because we were all texting each other in the group while this was happening. Uh, during this match, we, we started with even more chops. Uh, I wrote down eight chops. I said, rename the pay-per-view all chops, because that's what this was to this point. Then to top Eddie Kingston's 12 shotgun chops earlier, we had talked about it because I think I was up getting a beer while I was at Dewey's house when satoshi kojima hits shotgun chops and i heard it happening did not get like an official count on how many chops it was obviously we had to drink a sip of beer for every single chop i texted the group i was like 
how how many fucking chops was that? And Chad or you came back and said it was at least 20 plus, which was right. Well, when I watched it a second time, I watched uh, and counted 30 chops. That's over two beers. Yeah. In 10 seconds. Yeah. Or however long it takes him to hit 30 chops. Insane. It was at that point when I was watching the pay-per-view live. I was like, fuck this shit. I don't think I'm going to be able to keep up tonight. Well, that's that's my my two that I meant my additional two that I missed right there. If I did not count. If I missed like 10 seconds of the match and I missed 30 chops, there it is. Yeah, that was it was bad. It was rough. This also kind of goes into the point where I, I talked about before we started the show. Uh, I think I talked about it in the intro. My conspiracy theory, which 100% is not true. But when I was drunk on Sunday and I was watching this, I was like, AEW, right? Because Double or Nothing got 28 beers. By far, to up to that point, by far the most beers out of any pay-per-view we, ha- we had watched up to that point. All Out gets even more, which we'll talk about. I have a conspiracy theory that I feel like AEW knows the rules to our drinking game and wants to kill us. Maybe they saw, saw the pinned tweet. Potentially. I mean, it would be really rude if they didn't follow us after, after that. We are not followed by AEW. I can confirm that. So what do you think? Yeah, they might know the rules. And they might be out to get us. But like, I love AEW. So like, why would they? But it might be my fault because for a long time now, I've been saying that that NXT was my favorite of the one, the Wednesday night wars. Are you, uh, are you going back on that now? Well, I was going to address. Well, there's no Wednesday night war anymore, but. Yeah. Well, uh, I was going to address it a little bit later, but I mean, two of my favorite male wrestlers and one of my favorite female wrestlers debuted on Sunday. And so let me, let me also say something pretty controversial. I think that Adam Cole and Brian Danielson are bigger gets than CM Punk. Whoa. I would say mainstream. No, but in the wrestling business or for huge wrestling fans, I could see your argument, but just no. Maybe if CM Punk was wrestling last year, you're probably right. But I think because of how long CM Punk was gone and how much everyone over the last seven years has been clamoring for him to come back. I yeah, Obviously, it's a huge get. But for sheer wrestling ability. Oh, for wrestling ability, especially. For, for wrestling ability and, sure. and continued storyline. Because... Because CM Punk, right, he hasn't been back for very long. He's had one match in seven years. So, I mean, we're obviously, we haven't seen what we're going to see from CM Punk. But Adam Cole and Dan, Brian Danielson, for people that have been watching wrestling for these seven years, we've, like, we've all been following them and cheering them for that long. We've, we, we both know that you and I, as wrestling fans, have small brains. Oh, for sure. So, Smaller than most. Yeah. So we forget pretty easily and just remember the absolute highlights. So if CM Punk's Summer of Punk and CM Punk's 
pipe bomb are, are those big moments for you. You're going to remember CM Punk for that, but on a consistency standpoint, Brian Danielson and Adam Cole have been there for at least for Adam Cole for the last four years for me, Brian Danielson for the last 10 years, 11 years on a mainstream, uh, mainstream variety. Huge. Yeah. Also each of their matches was each of their, like all each of their matches throughout these years have been better everything's, than everything's... the CM Punk match on Sunday. Yeah. That's not me saying it was a bad match. And there's definitely a, an aspect of ring rust in that. But yeah, I think, I mean, I think for Punk, there's nowhere to go, but I don't know. I was going to say nowhere to go, but up at the beginning, but he is that damn popular. Punk but is, as, as far as far as like getting shaking off the ring rust, I feel like there's nowhere to go but up as far as that goes. I feel like Punk is going to be and understand that I'm saying this for one very specific thing. Punk is going to be a Brock Lesnar type wrestler where it's depending on like if he's in the ring with someone that doesn't put on incredible matches every time then you're going to get a lackluster match. If he's in a if he's in the ring with an AJ Styles or a Brian Danielson, you're going to get an incredible match. He works with the with the wrestler that he's given. So Darby Allen on Sunday, an incredible high flyer risk taker, great a, wrestler. A, a young Jeff Hardy. Yeah. You're going to get a good match, but put him in there with Isaiah Cassidy and it might not be as good. And that's also not me talking shit on Isaiah Cassidy. Yeah, also, I mean, Private Party, I, they're a great team. It, it's just they don't have as big a following. So, they're like, CM Punk's going to react to the crowd, and he's going to react to the, the, the person in the ring. Yeah. I, we'll talk a little later, I think, about this because of where we think CM Punk may be going with his character here in the near future. Uh, just based off of what we saw last night on Dynamite. Yeah. Um, let's get back to the Moxley and Kojima match. Uh, so after the 30 chops, uh, Moxley at some point starts bleeding. Uh, originally, I thought it was just on one elbow, but I, I did notice blood when I washed it back on both elbows. Uh, I thought there was a great callback by the announce team by calling out the, the staph infection he used to have on his on his elbows. Just all around good callback, but Moxley ends up picking up the win as everyone in the predictions contest thought. And he's in celebrating, celebrating in the ring. And then we get Minoru Suzuki, huge, huge to show up on AEW's all out pay-per-view for him. Even, even like Suzuki, like, because we've seen, We've seen the Suzuki and Moxley match in New Japan before. It just still wasn't one of the ones that I felt like I wanted to see because like, I always want to see a new matchup. I was thinking, I don't know if I said it last week, but I, when, when I originally heard that he was going to be taking on somebody from New Japan, I thought it was going to be a Tanahashi or a Jay White, but ended up not being that. Maybe that's 
somewhere in the future, potentially. But we still got Minoru Suzuki, and we still got that matchup on Wednesday, which I thought was pretty good for a, t- for a TV match. It was, I think it was cut short because of TV time, but they've got a lot of fucking people to throw on TV that they got to fill time with. So I feel like some of the matches, some of your main events now, you, you can already start to see on Dynamite are probably potentially going to get cut short like that one was. But yeah, the Minoru Suzuki, uh, I guess, debut because he had never been on Dynamite. So that was a debut. Uh, adds another beer to this match. And like I said, six and a quarter beers. And if you're following along, we are at 11.25 through three matches. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. Uh, then we kind of cooled down as far as beer ratings go. Yeah. Not as not not as far as match quality goes. We had AEW Women's World Championship on the line. Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, taking on Chris Statlander. It was a cool down as far as beer ratings are concerned, but still a good match. Yeah. Yeah, I, I got a beer for this match. I did too. Yeah. The, I think the one big highlight from this match, well, actually, no, there's, Two very big highlights from the match. Uh, one was the part where Chris Statlander was outside the ring. Uh, the ref was getting pretty high in the 10 count. And Orange Cassidy just comes up next to her, takes his glasses off, and just hypes her up and starts yelling at her, just totally out of the Orange Cassidy character. And like yelling at her, like, get back in the ring. Come on. And the crowd, the crowd fucking love that. And then Britt Baker which after she did this, I don't know how I didn't like this whole time. I mean, we've already, we've already talked about it. We've already, everyone already knows Adam Cole debuted on Sunday for AEW after she hit the Panama sunrise, which for her, they called the Pittsburgh sunrise. Yeah. How did I not see that coming? I, I mean, I, I did not see it coming either. And I thought it was, I just didn't think it was time. Like, I didn't think it was time either. Uh, and I'll talk about that later when we talk about the end of that match. But I thought it was one of those those things that Adam Cole and Britt Baker have done in the past. If you remember, uh, it was one of the NXT takeovers. It was the one we just watched. Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly in the two out of three falls match. He hit the lockjaw. No, that's not what I'm even talking about. Uh, oh. I'm going back. Uh, there was an NXT takeover where Britt Baker was in the crowd. And the, the camera panned to her and that were, they were like, that's Adam Cole's girlfriend, Britt Baker. And it was during the Wednesday Night Wars. And then on Dynamite, the next the a couple days later, they said, that's Adam Cole. That were, that's uh, that Britt Baker's boyfriend, Adam Cole. Uh, they, they panned the camera to him in the crowd. I don't uh, remember that at all. Yeah, it was pretty funny. So so I think it was one of those moments where he hit the lockjaw and then a couple days later. A week later, about yeah, just actually a week later, uh, she she hit his finisher. I didn't think it was necessarily indicative of Adam Cole showing up on that night. I didn't either because of the fact that he used the lockjaw at Takeover. It didn't even like resonate with me. Like, oh, her hitting Adam Cole's finisher, the Panama Sunrise, probably just like a callback to the Takeover. Not, it's not a, oh shit, Adam Cole's debuting tonight. You don't remember Britt Baker in the crowd? I remember that. I don't. I didn't think it was. I thought it was before AEW was even a thing. No, dude, it was during the Wednesday Night Wars. 
Well, okay then. Yeah, I don't remember that at all. Maybe I blacked out. Maybe I was at work. Let's just say I was at work, which is very unfortunate. And then I just didn't watch it back. But yeah, Britt Baker retains her championship, has a new challenger on the way, which we'll talk about later. And like we said, that got one beer. So we are four matches in, 12 and a quarter beers. And then, Joe, we had it. Match of the night, hands down. Was this? I have two questions. Is this right now your match of the year? Yeah. Is it the best steel cage match you've ever seen? That I can think of right now. Because think about it. Like you think of a steel cage match, like usually they're on TV. They're, they don't really have steel cage matches that often on a pay-per-view. And normally they don't deliver, right? They don't deliver big, like that. Like usually they have one big spot where somebody jumps off the cage. This had fucking everything. And we're talking about the steel cage match for the AEW World Tag Team Championships, the Young Bucks versus the Lucha Bros. Holy shit. The emotion in this match. Yeah, I mean, the storytelling, the spots, just the absolute carnage and insanity that ensued throughout here. I cannot believe that this was not the highest rated match on the card, but if it had two debuts like the Kojima and Moxley match did, it probably would have been. One thing I, I want to talk about, well, I, I really like how AEW sets up their, has their steel cage where it comes all the way down. Just how it's different. I don't know. Like, just how it goes all the way down to the floor, surrounds the ring, but there's like a little gap. Kind of like when they did the, um, what was the p- inner circle, pinnacle, the blood, blood and guts. Yeah, kind of like how they did that where there was just a gap between the ring apron and the cage. So that you could like squeeze down in between the ring and the cage. And there's like an added something we've never like spots we've never seen before that you Mm -hmm. can do with that. So I thought that was pretty cool. The other thing that I want to talk about is not a thing. It's a person. uh, Ray Phoenix. So I think right now, Kenny Omega is hands down the best wrestler in the world. I think that Ray Phoenix, depending on what you like. What you, what you do or do not like as far as wrestling goes for a lot of people, including myself is a sneaky number two. Yeah, that's fair. He is so much fun to watch in the ring. Yeah. And he does like, it's like everything, everything he does, like everything that you see him do in the ring is so fluid. Just great storytelling inside of the ring. It's just, it's, close to perfection every time that he steps foot in the ring. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, let's see spots in this match because there were so much. There was the 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 part where I thought that the Lucha Bros were going to do the 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 Dudley boys the was up move. Yeah. Where Devon used to do the headbutt into somebody's balls off the top rope. Yeah. Ended up not being that. Uh, that was just like my drunk me taking a note probably. Ray Phoenix using the cage. I mean, pretty much all of them using the cage as like parkour multiple times. Yeah. Very... The uh, was it Frankie Kazarian throwing the uh, not Frankie Kazarian? That is Brandon Cutler. Brandon Cutler. Sorry, I, I got Frankie Kazarian on the mind. Uh, just because of last night. Oh. Okay. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Uh, yeah, Cutler throwing throwing the bag, the duffel bag into the over the top of the cage. Yeah. To uh to show the 
the shoes covered in the thumbtacks. Yeah, that I've never seen that before. Apparently, that's some something that somebody has done before. But wow, just brutal stuff. Uh, I honestly, when he was unpacking the bag, I think it was Matt that was unpacking the bag because yeah, because he was the one wearing the shoe for most of the match. Uh, when he was unpacking the bag, I legitimately thought it was just to get heat, and he was literally just changing his pairs, his pair of shoes, yeah, just to like fuck with everybody. But no, it ended up being a uh, a shoe that the entire sole had thumbtacks glued to the bottom of it. Mm-hmm. Ooh, nice. Thanks. Uh, yeah, and then the crowd just started calling them sick fucks. You sick fuck, yeah. Uh, the other thing, the blood prediction from our predictions contest, which we'll talk Fucking about. We'll talk about. We'll talk Matt. about. We'll talk about the winner at the end of this. There were so many. So first of all, nobody got their blood prediction right. And that's because five or six out of eight or nine people that made predictions, I can't remember, picked Matt Jackson to bleed. And it makes it look like we all talk to each other about our predictions. And it makes it seem like everyone was just like, hey, who do you guys think is going to bleed? Okay, Matt Jackson. Yeah, let's all pick that. So many people. There's four fucking people in this match. And everyone decides. I mean, it's it's. I can understand why you would not pick one of the Lucha Bros to bleed because they wear masks. Normally, they ended up bleeding. Matt Jackson's the only person in this match that didn't bleed. Mm -hmm. Despite the fact that on Wednesday, he was wearing a Band-Aid on his forehead. Didn't make sense to me. But he definitely did not bleed. I've watched it twice now. It's just the odds of him being the only person that didn't bleed. And then over half of the people in the predictions contest pick Matt Jackson. Like I said, the, the Lucha not picking the Lucha bros makes sense because people with masks in like a hardcore match don't normally bleed, but like nobody picking Nick. I was just like, what the fuck? Yeah. I remember doing the predictions last week and I, I said, I'm going to pick one of the jet, one of the, the bucks. And I'm going to pick Matt. And, you and like, I even I even agreed with you. I was like, yeah, if I was going to pick a buck to bleed, I'd probably pick Matt. I don't know yeah. why, but I would. <laughs> and just everyone being absolutely so wrong about that. It's like the if the prediction was who in the steel cage match will not bleed, we like a lot of people would have been right. But that wasn't it. That wasn't it, though. Yeah. But yeah, incredible match. Great storytelling, great emotional moments for the faces. Do you think this is better than the uh, match of the year? The match of the year last year, the uh, Kenny and Hangman versus the Bucks at Revolution. Probably, I think it is too. This, this like it's probably think, pr- pretty I've, close to the best match AEW's ever put on. I think it's the best cage match I've ever seen. I think it's up there with best tag team match ever. I think it's up there with best, yeah, best match AEW has ever put on. It was that damn good. Now, when we say cage matches, we're not including Hell in a Cell matches. Not including Hell in a Cell. I'm okay. include, I'm just just strictly steel cage. Because when you throw Hell in a Cell in there, there's a lot of stuff that I think could be in contention. Shit. Just as far as storytelling goes. What's uh? What's what's up? We. We didn't talk about some pretty big news earlier in the show. So I'm just going to say it real quick. Triple H, get well soon. 
Oh my um, God. I saw that and I didn't write it down. Yeah. Did, was it a heart? Was it a heart attack? They said cardiac event. He just yeah. went through surgery after a cardiac event due to a genetic disorder that he has. Whoa. I feel you there. Triple H Paul. Yeah. That's uh, man, but successful surgery. Yep. And is in recovery. So hopefully he comes back soon. Hopefully we get to see him soon. Yeah. And just, you know, come out, come out, let us NXT raw SmackDown. Just whenever you're feeling it, just let us know you're okay. Just, just, just tell us triple could even, could even be a, could even be a tweet. Wouldn't mind. Just send us a card. Yeah. Or he could Photoshop a picture of himself shaking hands with himself as if he signed with NXT. Ooh, that'd be good. That would be pretty good. But instead of a contract, it's like a I'm back or I'm I'm healthy. It's just a it's just a post-it note that says I'm healthy. Yeah. That'd be good. Just a memo. Oh, yeah. Memo. Yeah. All of these are good options. Yeah. Uh, we didn't say <laughs> we didn't say how many beers that got. Uh, uh, I got four and a quarter for that. Yeah, that's fair. Young that... Bucks, Young Bucks and Lucha Bros. Uh, the Lucha Bros win. They are the new AEW World Tag Team Champions. I was one of two people to pick the Young Bucks. As soon as as soon as this pay-per-view started, I saw that the headline or tagline for the pay-per-view was where a all out where champions are made. And then I thought about it. I was like, Kenny Omega, not losing tonight. Britt Baker, not losing tonight. Miro, probably not losing tonight. And then I thought about it. And I was like, I'm fucked. I picked the Young Bucks. They're going to lose. Then to top it all off, the entrance that the Lucha Bros got at that point, at that point, at that point, I even texted the group. I was like, I'm so fucked. (laughs) Uh, In case you're in case, in case anyone was wondering, I, I most certainly did not win the predictions contest. Yeah, I did not either. I had probably one of one of the worst of the night. You uh, mean so final four (laughs) in no specific order. The top three point getters were Dewey, Bree and Leslie. All our AEW's wild man. Yeah, (laughs) some wild shit. Uh, But I think I think most of it comes from luck. When we talk about the next match. The casino battle royal, right? Because yeah, yeah, one okay. of our one of our predictions is picking the final four women that will be anytime we do a battle royal or a royal rumble or something like that. We always pick the final four because there's chaos that happens in the predictions contest. Somebody gets lucky and gets three out of four right. Nobody's ever gotten four out of four, I don't think. Maybe, so. maybe, maybe one of the royal. No, nobody got it this time either. I think I somebody think I got, somebody got all four right in one of the royal rumbles. I maybe. think I got the one worst. Uh, Shinsuke won. No, it was a woman. It was a woman's battle royal. I'm pretty sure it was the one. Sasha Banks was in the final four. Was that the one that Oscar won? Maybe. I'd, I think it was. I don't remember. Uh, but yeah, we had the casino battle royal next. I wrote down. Uh, this is obviously when I watched this the first time because I was drinking ridiculous amounts of beer. Uh, I had hiccups through this entire match, which sucked ass. I got a sign for this match. Ooh, I didn't get that. What, what do you got? It was the it was the number one entrant, the entrant that we got pretty late. I think it was on Saturday. 
uh, that you texted me about sky blue who may be a Chicago sweetheart. I'm not really sure. She's from Chicago. Yeah. She okay. was, she was on rampage or dark or something like that on that week. Cause they were in Chicago all week. Uh, she had a match impressed. Tony Chicago was tweeting at AEW and Tony Khan, like put her in the match and they ended up doing it. Yeah. So it was when it was when sky blue entered, there was a sign that said, I lost my number. Can I have yours? Oh, I did see that. Yep. I don't know why I didn't write that down. But yeah, so so with regards, like, so for this match, there were obviously a lot of entrances. They actually did play every every woman's music when they entered. Yep. And obviously we had eliminations after that. Yep, so you have 21 entrances, 20 eliminations, which is automatically 41 drinks. What is that? That's just about three beers. Three beers, yeah. Uh, and there there were some finishers, but... Honestly, most of them weren't finishers. They were just uh, over the top. Couple woos too. I saw some woos. Couple woos, yeah. But uh, like, as far as a a battle royal match went, it was all right. Because I mean, it it got it got a lot of people in the ring. It gave people time to shine, but I don't think it gave the individual people that they were trying to make shine. uh, time to really show themselves like we see in a Royal Rumble where you have the people that they, they obviously care a lot about hitting finishers and we get a lot of fucking finishers in, in Battle Royal or Royal Rumbles. Yeah, Th- this was just entrance. Someone gets eliminated. They'll focus on someone for a couple seconds and then they'll some, they'll eliminate someone. But it wasn't like it wasn't a finisher fest, you know, right? It wasn't very technical until the very end where we got our final four and this, this kind of hurt a lot of people of Thunder Rosa, Ty Conti, Nyla Rose, and the Joker Ruby Soho, which is a very exciting signing for the women's division. Yeah, Uh, definitely. But the most obvious Joker of all time. Yeah. (laughs) As you as you can probably remember, uh, if you've been listening this long, the double or nothing men's casino battle royal, we all got the Joker wrong when it turned out to be Leo Rush. Who would have thunk it? Not me. Not anyone in the predictions contest. No. No one at all. There was no speculation for it being Leo Rush. A lot of it for being uh, the... Shit. I can't remember his fucking name. Ethan Page? Yeah. Oh, yeah. There was a lot of speculation for it being Ethan Page. Oh, I think I picked Sammy Callahan. Yeah, I think you did too. And then I think Ethan Page debuted later in that pay-per-view anyway. Either that pay-per-view or like the Wednesday after. I don't remember. It was right around there. And ended up being Leo Rush, who we had just talked about like a couple episodes prior about where the fuck is he? Yeah. Then he retired, and now he's in New Japan Strong, not retired. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, we he's all- uh, he's in New J- <laughs> he's in the New Japan like American uh, show that they call New Japan Strong. <laughs> he wrestles for them now. The other funny thing about th- this entire conversation is whenever like we- Leo Rush keeps on coming up, it was the initial like where where is he now? And then we, we looked it up and we found out where he was and then he showed up and we were like, all right, cool. 
And then a couple of days later, we found out it was after we shot another episode and we were like, oh, now he's retired. So we won't talk about Leo Rush anymore. And for yeah. some reason, we keep coming back <laughs> to fucking Leo he's, Rush. He's the guy. <laughs> That's our guy, Leo Rush. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just like all the news that always comes out between recording and dropping the episode. It's like, son of a bitch. Like, can't wrestling <laughs> just wait like a day or two as, while, I, while I find time to edit? Yeah. <laughs> the answer is no. Yeah. So, uh, so this, this ended up going till the end. Um, as most matches do. No, okay. <laughs> Fair. But this ended up being a, who, who's it going to be up until the very end where Dylan thought it was Thunder Rosa. Most people yeah. thought it was going to be the Joker. A lot of people picked Ruby Soho slash mystery entrant. Um, I think me and another person, I think Dewey picked Thunder Rosa to win. They were the final two and ended up being Ruby Soho. I was really pissed at myself when I looked at the prediction sheet and I realized that I didn't have Thunder Rosa in there because up until, and you even sent me a text of who I picked and I didn't read it. And up until that point, I thought I put Thunder Rosa in my final four. So when I, yeah, because you had, you had a, what? So Jade, uh, Jade, Jade Cargill, Jade Cargill, which I also had. Um, I had Tay Conti. No, you, I thought you had. I just listened back to it today. I'm pretty sure you said Anna J. I it, think I think I think I said Tay Conti and Anna J. No, because you had Jamie Hader. Oh, weird. Because I also did. A lot, uh, yeah, a few people picked Jamie Hader, and she did not last very long. Not at all. Yeah, I thought she was going to be like built up as a bigger star in that match, but. Uh, there, there were a few stories that they that they AEW kind of talked about in this match. Like you had, um, like I guess they're doing they've been doing like a big swole and Diamante feud on Dark, which is, I mean that makes sense. Like why we didn't know about it because I don't watch Dark or Dark Elevation. I just don't have time to. The Anna J and Ty Conti with the the Bunny and Penelope Ford feud that's been going on that kind of moved forward a little bit. Uh, you had the the student and teacher story with uh, Hikaru Shida and Emi Sakura. Mm -hmm. There there was a few small stories in the match, but yeah. But they didn't last long either. It's, I mean, it, it can't in a 21-person battle royal where, you know, it's not like a Royal Rumble where, where one person enters every minute and a half. It's like every three minutes, five people enter right, aw right away. Yeah. And so it just doesn't take And also long. it's the the... Royal Rumble is the pay-per-view is the Royal Rumble. So obviously they're going to give it time where this is a match in the in the in the card. Yeah. So I, still, I mean what I you're still saying thought is, it was very fair. I still thought it was very enjoyable to watch. Ruby Soho, like we said, wins. JR. Don't know if you heard how to slip up. Yeah, he called her Ruby Riot. Called her Ruby Riot. Don't care. He's the GOAT. <laughs> I'll call out JR for all the slip ups, but I'm still gonna call him the GOAT. And I'm still gonna say I don't care. Um, the four and a quarter beers for this match is what I got. Yeah, that's what I got as well. So I forget. I think I didn't. I, I, I didn't. I, I didn't put the running total after the last match. But after the last match, we were at sixteen and a half, and now we are at twenty point seven five beers with four matches to go. Speaking of one of the four matches to go, nice. Uh, we had MJF versus I wrote Y2J for some reason, I think because I was shorthanding. 
Chris Jericho. And there were there were some moments in this match. The the N- MJF's entrance was hilarious. He did yeah. the whole countdown, but maybe that's why you wrote Y2J because he did the whole countdown thing, even with the pyro, and then it did the little flipping, like the the words on the screen was like word art, and they were flipping, and it just said Jericho's last match because like the whole crowd thought it was gonna be Jericho's like big entrance for his last match. And then it just flips around and says Jericho's last match. And then MJF's music hits. Yeah. And the whole crowd figured out what was going on. Yeah. Then we got a live rendition of Chris Jericho's Judas entrance music. And honestly, I texted you guys about it. I was not a fan. It I was... also wasn't when I was watching it drunk. When I watched it back, it it, it plays it plays a bit better. I I don't know, dude. I, it plays a bit better when you watch it back, but it wasn't great. It was not like uh, there was a, there was there was no a point, entrance music. There was a point where the guy like on the guitar missed like some notes or whatever, and I think that's his guitarist. It is the guitarist from Fozzy. Like he, mi- I don't, I just don't know his name. He missed like he just kind of like fucked up the song. Yeah. So, and the so, people the people didn't know how to sing to it because he screwed it up. I think the biggest difference between that entrance and the entrance that we had for the fifth labor of Jericho was that the guitar was so loud that, that, you, that you couldn't really hear. And then you had the fuck up on the guitar, which threw people off. And I, it just... You also didn't have people... Chris Jericho asked people to sing along, so you didn't have the people on their phones looking up the lyrics oh yeah <laughs> um and, but let me tell you something when the guitarist first came out and started playing judas i was like chris jericho is gonna sing himself to the ring and that pre- would have been awesome i was pretty excited i was like fozzy is going to play chris jericho into the ring and obviously chris jericho is lead singer of fozzy and i was like this is gonna be good and maybe that's why i was so underwhelmed by the entrance it just didn't live up to your it, it didn't live up ex- to my own hype. <laughs> your own hype, yeah. Oh boy. Uh let's see. What did I write down for this match? <laughs> Jer- they they take they take the fight outside the ring and Jericho just drops out like a stanchion on MJF, which looked yeah. like it really, really could have fucked him up. Um because that was like a legitimate like stanchion made of like I don't made of heavy metal. And he just dropped steel. it on him. Oh, definitely steel reinforced for sure. Uh, I got a sign from it, and it's just because hey, because uh, Jericho held it up to the camera. It was just a sign that said "Hey, buddies." Oh, and, that's yeah. a. You probably don't know this. That's a reference to another podcast. Oh, really? Yeah, they're based out of Chicago. It's a. Yeah. I I've listened to it a few times. Marty, yeah. Marty, Marty, and Sierra love wrestling. They're they're really good. Okay. Yeah. It doesn't I like them. Sound I like them a lot. Good. They're fans. They call them their buddies. Okay. Um, yeah, so it, it just said, Hey buddies and Y2J held it up. Yeah. I wrote Y2J again there. Yikes. <laughs> just, that's just, he's not that guy. Oh, I did see a tweet that talked about Chris Jericho, the potential of the Chris Jer, uh, Chris Jericho, Kevin Owens team up again. I've been with the whole Kevin Owens news. I've been thinking about just him and Adam Cole and like all the ring of honor, former 
former Ring of Honor competitors like Owens and Cole, Owens and Punk, Owens and Brian. Holy shit, I think the, the thing I'm most looking forward to now, if it happens, is Jericho and Owens. That's one of my, that's like probably low key one of my favorite wrestling stories. Uh, when he, it's when one of the, him. it's one of the best story. It's, I might, it might be the best story of the last five years. Uh, yeah. So the, the storyline in general, but the, the, the story Kevin Owens told of when he found out that he was going to be tagging with, with Jericho was like the night of SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. And, and Kevin Owens is, is really excited because Chris Jericho was one of his favorite wrestlers growing up and he's on the ramp with Jericho and he, uh, he like, he's got his hand around him. He's like, you're the you're goat. The, you're the goat. And he's and like, Jericho, what does he call, what does he call he him? He says, after? you're the donkey. Yeah, he calls him the donkey. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. Oh, my God. You're the donkey. What? Okay. <laughs> oh, man, I remember that. That was so funny. I have a uh, JR. I was going to say I have a quote. I have two quotes. JR stole stole something from us what did he say when we were talking about that they were talking about um mjf and they were like something about his fans and then jr was like he only has three fans oh wow that's our thing aew is definitely listening to that's that's what i'm saying the the conspiracy (laughs) it's a conspiracy after that i was like they they listen one i was like super pumped as i was like i was hammered so obviously i was believing in my like (laughs) stupid thoughts and i was like they must listen or somebody backstage listens to this thank you if you actually do um <laughs> then they said like yeah mjf only has three fans i was like literally uh leo dicaprio pointing at the tv with a beer in my hand just like holy shit that's that's our thing <laughs> and um, th- thank you for the three the three people that are listening yeah we really appreciate you guys <laughs> Just if you guys could just tell a friend so we could grow to six, that'd be pretty dope. Or an AEW executive, so this this conspiracy theory becomes true. Or yeah, if whoever from <laughs> a if AEW if the person that's listening from AEW uh, is one of the three fans, uh, if you could just tweet at us or DM us and just let us know that you just let us know that you heard this. Just uh, give us a follow on Untapped <laughs> at Dylan Free and at Joe Kalinowski. Yeah, I, I've been tweeting a lot. I've been tweeting a lot of beers or not tweeting. I've been I've been posting a lot of beers lately. Yeah, that's a joke because I haven't because you haven't. I've been sucking lately. Uh, another quote from this match. Tony Schiavone said, we apologize. I don't remember what the fuck it was for. Uh, but then Excalibur immediately just as soon as he said that Excalibur was like, we apologize for MJF's tan, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I remember what it was. It was like right after MJF did like the, the hip thrusts or whatever. Yeah. 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 And Tony, Tony Schwann was like, we apologize. And Excalibur's like, we apologize for MJF's tan too. I thought it was pretty <laughs> funny. The, uh, the other thing I wrote down and I don't know why after I wrote this down, I didn't realize the connection here, but Jericho used an apron power bomb. Mm-hmm. Do we remember who else uses an apron power bomb? Possibly maybe his best friend in the world, Kevin Owens. Yeah. That was, I mean, don't know how it took me till now to, I mean, obviously you just told me a few minutes ago, but like I even wrote it down as a note and I didn't realize it before. 
Yeah. I mean, as, as I get through more of these beers that are averaging around 7%, I'm uh, I'm more and more convinced. Yeah. I mean, I can, I get convinced of a lot of things when I get drunk. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, MJF toward the end of the match uses Floyd. Of course, uh, Aubrey Edwards is fucking refereeing, refereeing this match. She misses it because she's blind as a fucking bat. Uh, then she misses the foot on the rope that ended, quote unquote, ended the match where MJF pins him one, two, three. But before the three count, MJF or not MJF, Jericho clearly got his foot on the rope. Aubrey just counts to three. She wants this shit to be over. She wants to get her fucking paycheck. She's blind. Rings the bell. Some smarter ref that I don't remember what the guy's name is. Comes down and tells her, hey, bitch, Jericho got his foot on the rope. Actually, I just realized what the conspiracy was. Aubrey Edwards. Aubrey Edwards listens to this podcast and we talk shit about how she's blind all the time. And she's <laughs> how like, bad, how bad and she, she's, she's part of creative and She's just like, all right, uh, if we could just if we could just work in, I don't know, about 800 chest chops in this pay-per-view, I have a couple people that I would like to kill. Oh, also there We're are... We're still here, Aubrey. I'll take, I'll take a ref bump uh, if, if it means that, that they die. If Aubrey... Should I add a drinking rule that if Aubrey Edwards does a ref bump that we drink more than three drinks? Uh, didn't, didn't, uh, MJF push her during, during the, like, after they said restart the match? No, he like got in her face. I thought, no, I think he pushed her. It might've been a, might've been a little shove. I don't, yeah. Slight, a slight shove. It wasn't a bump, but it was like a, Hey, you want to go? Then she probably would have, she's a bad bitch. Just not, she's also like bad, bad, at, bad at refing. <laughs> to say, you see, look, see, now get now out I'm of my go, head, get out of my I'm, head. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm going all out because I know what you're doing, Aubrey, and I will continue to talk shit on you. Yeah, you can't kill us, we just won't drink the beers. <laughs> what doesn't kill us makes us talk more shit on Aubrey Edwards. What doesn't kill us while we're playing the drinking game makes us more drunk. Until it does kill us via alcohol poisoning. Thanks a lot. Aubrey. Thanks, Aubrey. Uh, but yeah, they they restart the match and Jericho wins. Uh, and that got two and a half beers. Yep. Two and a half. Mm-hmm. That that is that is a number that that represents how many beers we got. All right. CM Punk, Darby Allen was next. And uh, Joe, I just want to say you were right about Sting not being there for the match. He was obviously he was there for Darby's entrance, so I got the points. Didn't matter. I still fucking lost. And then he obviously came down after the match, shook CM Punk's hand. That ended up being uh, I, I watched like their their media thing afterwards. CM Punk was on record saying that like, that was not like a planned thing. Sting came down, shook his hand. Pretty cool moment. So I, I saw something about this. It was Sean Waltman, aka X Pack, aka the One Two Three Kid. Uh, where he he basically thanked CM Punk and Darby Allen for honoring a moment that happened in the ring in 1994 when X Pac was the one two three kid and he had a match with Scott Hall. No, I thought it said Bret Hart in the article. 
It could have been Bret Hart. Yeah, I think it was Bret Hart. And I didn't do a lot of research after that, but I don't know what they're talking about. Well, the whole, the famous one two three kid match was against Scott Hall. That's why I thought I that's why I said Scott Hall to begin with. Yeah, but apparently they did something in this match of Darby Allen versus CM Punk that honored the match that happened in 1994. Well, Joe, you were born in 1994, and I was possibly not even a year old yet, unless it was past October. So I have no fucking idea. <laughs> I I don't know either. I was just wondering if it was like one of those famous wrestling moments. Not that I don't remember a one, two, three kid Bret Hart match, but I'm sure it's Bret Hart. It's like one, two, three kid was still good. It was probably a good match. That's probably what it was. Yeah. Let's just leave it at that. Maybe, maybe uh, if you're older than us and or and or more wise than us and have, you know, gone back on Peacock or on the network and uh, seen that match, let us know what it was. The, the CM Punk's entrance with the the it's clobbering time it got me so fired up because yeah. it was finally clobbering time, and then I think that if you were to pick out this is something I thought about after watching the match if you were to pick out like if you're just say CM Punk debuts a month ago and doesn't call out Darby Allen and Darby Allen doesn't do all the best in the world promos before CM Punk debuts CM Punk debuts on Rampage that night and you have to sit there and pick the perfect opponent his his perfect first opponent is there anyone better than Darby Allen to pick for him I mean maybe he's someone he has history with not it's necessarily not at in, all. in WWE not at all Dar- Darby Allen's like 24 No that's not what I'm saying you Oh Pick someone that he has history with. I got you. Yeah, I, I'm just I'm just saying. Like, is there like because I th- I thought that this was the perfect opponent for him to see if he could still go. You know, yeah, no, that, that that and that's fair. And I think once we get away from people like like Darby Allen, and I talked about it earlier in the match, and I didn't mean to come across as I didn't like this match because it was very enjoyable with a lot of old callbacks. Like, obviously, I I really enjoyed this match, but I'm. I'm still interested to see what he does if there's not someone like Darby Allen across from him. Yeah. Um, so it, it might, he might be the best person on the roster for, for CM Punk to, to face. I agree. I, I think it was the perfect opponent for him. And Punk is also on record saying like he respects like the AEW record system. So like he doesn't want to, debut and be thrust into the main event like someone else who debuted recently uh not to say that he wanted that or whatever but like cm punk's going to be battling mid carters for quite some time because he's not going to wrestle every week he's going to wrestle at big shows and pile up a bunch of wins and then work his way up to the upper and upper mid card and then to the main event scene so i think it's good stuff yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's see. This match didn't get a whole lot of beers. Uh, CM Punk obviously wins, hits the GTS. 1.25 beers. For QT Marshall versus? No, Punk and Allen. Oh, yeah, sorry. I, I thought we went on to the next match. I was look, I was trying to find what, what the fuck the tribute was. Uh, yeah, 1.25. That's fair. 
All right. Yeah. And then uh, speaking of what Joe just said about QT Marshall, Marshall, that was the next match. He faced Paul White. Uh, this was the, the most appropriately placed card on the show. Yeah. If this this could this should have gone on either here or second. And I thought it was better placed here. Oh, Between... I, was, I was very, very sarcastic. Uh, no, like you have. No, because like Raven. That's immature. Very immature Raven. No, because you have a, a hot match, Punk Allen, and then you have the bathroom break, and then you have the main event. Okay. That's exactly what, like, look at, look at, you You go back and watch, like, there's a lot of pay-per-views that have, like, a, wait, why the fuck is this match the second to last match to go on? It's literally for that reason. So I heard something else. So first of all, the, the Twitterverse was upset about the placement of this match, but what you're saying makes sense. If it but were me, what, I would have put it on second. Okay, that's fair. Uh, but what I read was at any moment, this match could have been completely canceled and removed from the show if another match went too long. And that's why it was so late in the show. Oh, yeah, that you're probably right. You might be. You if might you're going right. to pull a if you're going to pull a match from the show, this would be the easiest. Oh, uh, Paul White had to go have another hip surgery, so so he can't. <laughs> You yeah. can't walk around the ring and beat up QT Marshall. Yeah, it just would have been awkward when they did it like on Wednesday. Like, oh, he's recovered from his hip surgery yeah. three days later. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, Paul White wins. JR calls him Big Show again. Still the goat. Uh, <laughs> half a beer. Half a beer for this match. Oh, wow. You got you. Uh, you rounded up for something I must not have seen. <laughs> I don't know what it could have been. I, I got five drinks for it, which I gave it a quarter, but maybe I think I got something. I think I got six drinks, which is okay. No, I, I just, would have given it a half at six drinks. Yeah. But that's obviously not an actual half for what our yeah. what our standpoint is. It's whatever. Roundup. It's whatever. All right. Main event time. Kenny Omega, Christian Cage, all elite wrestling world championship. I was wasted at this point. I was wait. I was wasted. Let me. I have to scroll up here. I was wasted by the end of Baker and Statlander. Like by the time the cage match started, I was hammered. Yeah, I could tell when you were wasted by you asking how many did that get. Yeah, because I couldn't keep track. Yeah, because the 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 Moxley and Kojima match with the Kojima debut, the fucking thirty chest chops, and the Suzuki debut. Got six and a quarter beers. The match was only fucking like 10 or 12 minutes long. You want me to drink six and a quarter beers in 12 minutes? No, thank you. I was playing catch up from there on. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, we were all wasted, especially at this point in the in the pay-per-view. Yeah. Um, so there were two awesome table spots in this match, I thought. The uh the spot, oh, yeah. the spot where uh I think it was Omega hit it on Christian. Where yeah, because Christian hit the spear through the other one. Um, yeah. Omega pulls out a table upside down on Christian's on top of Christian, and then he does like a double stomp through it. Yeah, he st- he jumps off the side of the ring. I remember. Yeah, that's that pretty cool. And then Christian hit a spear on Omega off the apron through a table that was set up on the outside. Pretty cool stuff. Uh, uh, this was this was a great match, despite knowing who's gonna win. It's yeah. a lot. It's a lot like any Roman Reigns match nowadays. It's like it's gonna be an awesome match, but you know who's gonna win. 
But with the the X factor with AEW is after the match is over, you don't know what's going to fucking happen. We had uh, Christian Cage bleeding from the mouth and on the on his right side, like by his ribs, which was mm-hmm. probably from that that first table spot I mentioned. Uh, and then Omega hits a super one winged angel from the top rope for the win. And yeah. then we got euphoria. We got I got tricked. I got so fucking tricked because Kenny Omega was in the middle of the ring and he was saying, there's no one in this company that can beat me. Maybe if they're either, they're either not here. I forget what the second thing he said, or they're already dead. Yeah. He said tired, but I think he meant, Oh, they're retired or they're already dead. Yeah. And the lights, the lights lights go go out. out. And I, I texted the group chat. I said, here we go. And then one of the biggest turn like shocks was that it actually wasn't Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson. Yeah. Was, we get the debut of Adam Cole Bay Bay plus the debut of well, a Ad- fucking banger of an entrance song. Yeah. So Adam Cole walks out. He, he looks like he's, he's uh, not friends to, to the elite and that he's like going to challenge Kenny Omega next or something like that, which isn't very AEW at all. And then he hits, I think it was Jungle Boy. Yeah, he hits Jungle Boy with a super kick. Yeah, with uh, Sweet Chin Music. Yeah, the, <laughs> this part was really funny because Kenny Kenny like kind of looks at everyone and he's like, oh, you didn't think I saw this coming? This guy's one of our best friends. Yeah, and then <laughs> the thought- Young Bucks kiss, both kiss Adam Cole on the cheek. Yeah, which is like a callback to like uh, what they used to do in the ring when they were in Ring of Honor and used to travel around all this time and he was on Being the Elite all the time. Uh, we got a little story time from Adam Cole, Adam Cole, Bay Bay. Uh, and then Kenny Omega takes the mic back and it goes to bid everyone adieu. And we get another debut and it's Brian Danielson. We get a bunch of yes chants. Uh, I thought so one, the music that it, the, the, obviously the first part of it, that's so similar to his WWE music. I, I thought that was very it was just odd to me that they could even get something like that. I mean, WWE does not have rights to that song. So yes, yes they do. Cause it's That's... like their own mix of it, but they're, they're two different things. So it, they don't have rights to the one that AEW has, but, and yes, also that is an actual song, but yeah, whatever beat of it that Brian used in WWE, like that is WWE's property for sure. Yeah. But I mean, just, the whatever like, it's actually called, like, like flight of the whatever. I don't remember what it's actually called, but the like the real yeah, whatever it um, is, like yeah. the fact that that AEW was able to mix it in a different way was not surprising to me. And it's also a banger. Yeah, if you're into that kind of thing. It's I don't know what that's supposed to mean, but yeah. I can't tell if you're talking about like people's taste in music or if you were yeah, going like a, a sexual route there. No, it, it's a taste in music kind of thing. I thought you were going to say, like, banger. I barely know her. Good one. Yeah, he comes out. Brian comes out. They clear the ring. He does the running knee on somebody. I think Nick. Yeah, probably not. Uh, yeah, we close out the show with a bunch of yes chants. Brian doesn't do the yes chants because uh, that is WWE's, like, intellectual property. I don't know if, like, the chants itself, but, like, just the yes 
the whole yes thing, but the crowd can do it all they want. Yeah. I thought it was really cool that the crowd was doing the yes chant to the beat of his new music. Uh, and then that closed out the show. And that, uh, what do you, what did you get? What'd you get for that one there, Joe? I was, uh, I wrote, I took, I, I, Raven. I don't know. I, don't know. I, I was, I thought you were going to say too, too drunk to count. Uh, too drunk, too drunk to count is, is that got fair. five, that got five beers. That got five beers. Yeah. With two, two debuts. Yeah. So if you've been uh, adding up this uh, this entire time, we have a new record, obviously, like we talked about before. 30 beers. And we have a new champ. We do have a new champ. Um, Bree, if you're listening, which we know you're not. Yeah, she's not one of the free listeners. Congratulations on winning the official DDT Wrestling Championship. I'm not going to congratulate you. I mean, that's bullshit. She got lucky because she got three out of the final four in the women's battle royal. Yeah. Most other people only got two. Yeah. At most. It's bullshit. That was well, the, reason, I'm, I'm, that was the reason she won. I'm proud of her. I'm upset. For someone who doesn't watch. That should be less, embarrassing to you that she for somebody watches less that watches wrestling less than a, us. Someone that watches less AEW than WWE. And that, that's based sheerly on the, the amount of pay-per-views that WWE has. You, I'm, I'm proud. You should be as embarrassed as I am. I am exactly as she embarrassed. She watches way less wrestling than we do and, and just beat us for our own championship. It, yeah. I am not, I'm not happy with the fact that Dewey beat us. I'm not happy with, about the fact that, that Chad beat us. I'm not happy about the fact that I'm cursed and I just can't win. Chad has Chad has gotten the champ to the championship twice since I've been champ. Yeah, and Dewey's do, in between that. He's had sloppy seconds with himself before we could even have a, a taste of it. Yeah, this is bullshit. I'm yeah. I'm, I'm I'm mad. Yeah, uh, I'm a little upset. Um, we need to. We've been that took a really long time. We need to speed through the weekly wrestling recap here. Yeah. Bud. Uh, the last thing I want to talk about for this pay-per-view is that, uh, and, and th- I know that, that this goes against the rule and I'll drink the rest of the ca- this case of beer for this, but right after the pay-per-view ended, Jake texted me and he's like, Hey, I need you to come in tomorrow, pick a battle buddy so that we can attack this thing. And it was to the entire group of almost 20 people that are that are working up there right now and i said i'm six hours away and in no condition to drive i won't be there <laughs> uh drink for talking about work i said i would finish the rest of the box you don't have to do that right now it's just you drink for talking about work that's the rule no last names no talk fa- about work but the fact that i was being called in on a day off like i it, it was it was a funny reaction I feel I feel like I had to talk about that. Yeah, that just sucks. Like, but that's just, you know, classic Navy. That, that's my life. All right. Let's get into the weekly wrestling recap. Let's speed through raw. I think the only thing here as I read through this. That there really is to talk about as far as matches go was tag team turmoil raw. If you can keep doing tag team turmoil 
or turmoil or gauntlet matches or tournaments like do that shit to set up your number one contenders don't have your future number one contender just face the champion and beat them and then be like oh look this person beat the champ i guess they'll just face them three more times and then they'll also have a match at the pay-per-view like nobody wants to fucking see that shit it's fair that you want to talk about tag team turmoil but I, you got to give some respect to Sheamus and, and Drew McIntyre for the banger that they had. Also right, right a good match. The, yeah. Also right, a good match. Th- yeah. And also talk about the fact that Randy Orton is going to be challenging for the WWE championship. Yeah. So that's what we opened the show with Randy Orton challenged Bobby Lashley for the WWE, WWE championship at extreme rules. So they will be facing off. Then they started getting into tag team turmoil that started the night. The New Day was uh, one of the first teams in there. They went the distance, and then they beat four teams, I think, four other teams. And then uh, Mansoor and Ali were the next team in, and the team they had just beat was Mason T-Bar. Mason T-Bar get really butthurt about the fact that they just lost, and they just start beating everybody up. And they postponed tag team turmoil for later that night, which if you're having New Day go the distance – or if you're trying to build the suspense of will New Day go the distance? Oh, that was a good way to do it, honestly. Yeah. And did they go the distance? Well, the answer is no. Yeah. They they beat Mansoor and Ali, lost to Styles and Omas, and then uh, Lashley and MVP. Lashley and MVP. I don't remember who won the match. Uh, the hurt business. Lashley and MVP won the match. I did yeah. write it down. It's raw, so, which Just means that forgive Lash- me. Lashley will go on against Orton for the WWE Championship. And- no, the tag team match. The tag team championship match is next week. Oh, okay. Never yeah, mind. It's not at Extreme Rules. Okay, I thought it was like they were both wrestling twice that night. Okay. No. Uh, then yeah, we had the Sheamus and McIntyre match that was to be the number one contender for the United States Championship. I mean, do a number one contender match even better. WWE, keep doing stuff like this. Not even better, but just as good. Just just as good. Pique my interest. Do these things. I don't care if it's a rematch between Sheamus and Damian Priest. Make Sheamus earn it. Make somebody earn the opportunity, but don't do it by making them face the champion to begin with, which they didn't do here. So I'm fine with it. Thank you, Raw. Thank somebody at Raw is listening as well, and they're taking our notes. Yeah, but they're not trying to kill us. Yeah, probably because they know we don't drink for the wrestling, like the weekly shows, or else I probably would be dead by now from alcohol poisoning. Uh, Charlotte Flair and Nia Jax had a rematch, but this time for the Raw Women's Championship. Uh, Flair wins, and then Alexa Bliss confronts Charlotte Flair, and now they, I think they announced it online. Uh, Earlier in the week, uh, Flair and Bliss will be facing each other at Extreme Rules. I'm very much looking forward to that. Uh, that's, in my opinion, going to be a pretty tough one to, to pick because right now, yeah, they've been hot swapping the shit out of that title. So who knows what the fuck's going to happen? Yeah, and I'd rather see Bliss pick up the title than Charlotte retain. As would I. The last thing I want to talk about with Raw was a very unfortunate thing to see. Because uh, we've already talked about what happened after this. Uh, it's about the 24-7 championship picture, Joe. Did you see who came out to try and nab the 24-7 championship this week? Jeffrey himself. Jeff Hardy. What the fuck, WWE? Grow the fuck up. 
grow up. We're talking about Jeffrey J. Hardy. I don't know what his middle name is. Jeffrey J. just sounded like it worked. Is that because of Jeff Jarrett? No, it wasn't. I think it's subconsciously. Now that, and now that you said that, I, I'm not happy with my decision to pick Jay. <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't, WWE, I don't want to see Jeff Hardy chasing the 24-7 championship, so just don't make it happen again. I'd, right? rather, I'd rather them relief, release Jeff Hardy. Like, I wouldn't even feel sad about that. I'd be like, thank God they released him. Now he can go team up with Matt again. I was going to say, you know who could really use a Jeff Hardy right now? Matt Hardy. The answer is not AEW. Yes, it's Matt Hardy. Yeah. AEW does not need Jeff Hardy. Matt Hardy needs Jeff Hardy. Yeah. Matt's always needed Jeff. Yeah. Like, for the most part. Obviously. Other than the delete stuff. The, de- uh, the, yeah. the, broken, the broken Matt Hardy stuff. Raven, what do you have to say that is so important? Nothing. She has nothing important to say. Um, but it's fine. Let's keep let's keep moving. All right. Speaking of moving on, uh, NXT had a great show this week. Yeah, I mean, so the first thing I want to talk about, and not not in depth of the match, even though it was a good match, the Kaylee Ray versus Ember Moon match. After, I thought it was good. It was good. That's what I said. Oh, uh, um, I said other than the fact that it was a good match, I want to talk about what is next for Ember Moon. Well, she did a backstage promo that said you'll have to wait and see what's next. It's probably a heel turn, let's be honest. It, you know what it reminded me of? And this is not me saying that she's going to this, this group. But it reminded me of Roderick Strong a couple months ago saying, I'm done. Ooh. So I'm not saying that she's going to be joining Diamond Mine, but that's, that's exactly what it reminded me of. I'm trying to think of people she could join. Or maybe just start her own thing. Maybe her and Odyssey Jones could be in a team or a stable. Talking about Odyssey Jones. Odyssey Jones was on NXT this week. He was in one of the, probably the best segment in in NXT. So the next thing that happened on NXT was the bachelorette party for Indy Hartwell. So I'm just going to lump these two things together. Uh, The bachelorette party, whatever. Well, yeah. Candice was a little mean to Indy. Yeah, she was mean. She was nice to her. Yeah, she was like, you want to go use our spy gear? And she was like, sure. So they left, and uh, nobody else that was at that bachelorette party actually wanted to be there. So you know what? Fuck them. Fuck them. To include then, her best friend who was only there to go to Disney. I mean, Disney's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean. Can you attest to that? I was you just were, there. You were just there, so. Yeah. You probably I know. Mean, I understand why you would want to go to Disney, but that she said that the only like the only reason she was in the state was not for the bachelorette party, but for Disney. And that was a little rude to put on national television. Yeah. Like even if that were true, the fact that you put that on television. Whoa, dude, you don't think it was true? That's not what I said. <laughs> you said even I, you said you said even if it were true. Yeah, it's it's a turn of phrase. That implies that you don't think it's true. That, that does stupid not- idiot. You're a stupid idiot. You don't understand common phrases in the English language. That's just water under the bridge. Boom. That's a common phrase. And I understood it. Speaking of common phrases, go fuck yourself. (laughs) (laughs) I shouldn't have laughed so hard at that because that was a jab at me, but it was funny. Um, 
Speaking of funny, boom, the bachelor party. Holy shit, Joe. All right, this this crew that they had. We had I, Dex, Dexter Loomis's Dexter Loomis's bachelor party. We had obviously Dexter Loomis, Johnny Gargano, Cameron Grimes, Odyssey Jones, the zombie ref, the zombie ref <laughs> who turned out to be no Canadian, Canadian, and Drake Maverick. Yeah, Drake Maverick. Drake was Maverick. There. Yep. So let me just run down the list of things that they did. Um, they did. They started out with uh, go karts, which is fine. Not that funny. There were some funny like shots of people's faces while they were driving uh then they did some axe throwing i mean during the go-karts uh dexter loomis drives someone off the road so that johnny johnny wrestling could pull ahead oh yeah that's true he runs them into the i don't side. know if he did it for that purpose it's probably just because dexter likes chaos well if you think about what he did for yeah i guess that's true. yeah you could think about it in the sense of what he did for johnny during axe throwing because <laughs> they opened up the axe throwing it's like has anyone done this before and Dexter just like slowly raises his hand and he's the only one who's thrown axes before. Uh, you get to see like everyone throwing axes. Dexter's really good at it. And then Johnny's up. He sucks ass at it. He's then, so bad. He wasn't then, even holding the axe the right way. Just see Dexter come up behind him. It looks like Johnny's been throwing the axe sideways. And Dexter just comes up behind him and like kind of like caresses him and then turns it the right way. <laughs> It's so fucking funny. And he hits a bullseye. Yeah. Johnny hits a bullseye. I, I mean, it was a four-pointer. I mean, come on. Were you even watching the show? <laughs> That's fair. Uh, then they did like the, the trampoline place or like a like a sky zone sort of thing. Um, uh, bet, Cameron, Cameron Grimes bet Odyssey Jones $10,000 that he couldn't send Drake Maverick to the moon. We got some good uh, good Odyssey Jones titty bounce. I mean, if that's what you were looking at, I'm just I'm just there to <laughs> to he, to root was, on my man Odyssey Jones. He was so bouncy during that 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 jump. They were the in a trampoline place. Of course, he's going to be bouncy. <laughs> okay, moving on. And then they did laser tag, probably the funniest segment of all, because they get in there, they start doing laser tag, and Dexter Loomis is just taking it way too seriously and like actually choking people out. And then Johnny would run up and be like. And just like have this look on his face, like Dexter, what the fuck are you doing? And then would still shoot him with the with the uh, with the gun and be like, "Yes, I won," <laughs> or like points for Johnny. And then at the end, is like Johnny wins. Yeah, and, that was uh, I think I think the funniest segment of all of this. Yeah, and then at the end, everybody high fives, but Johnny is the only person that doesn't high five Dexter Loomis. Uh, but. Dexter holds up his hand for a high five. Johnny like holds up his hand, kind of looks at it, says, I'm not sure about this. And I think it's either Candace or no Odyssey Jones pushed him into oh, him. Yeah. Odyssey Jones pushes it and they high five. And then they go, they, there's like a whole montage of the entire night yeah. uh, <laughs> of all the things that, that uh, Dexter did to help Johnny during the night. And that's when Johnny accepts Dexter Loomis. Yeah. And then the close out Johnny saying, Let's have a wedding. And we're having a wedding next week on the brand new NXT. Which, I mean, speaking of that, also looks like it's going to be a great show. Could be, yeah. And they have the wedding. They have the fatal four-way match uh, for number one contender to the NXT championship. You have Ciampa, uh, Kyle O'Reilly, Pete Dunne, and LA Knight. I'm going to go on the... I'm going to go on record saying right now that LA Knight wins that match. 
And then NXT Women's Championship on the line next week. Raquel Gonzalez versus Frankie Monet. Yeah. Should be, should be some good stuff. Other stuff from this week, uh, we had the NXT Women's Tag Team Championship match. Casey Catanzaro and Caden Carter challenged uh, Zoe Stark and Io Shirai. Great match. Not a whole lot like to say about it other than that it was a, a great match. And Zoe Stark and Io Shirai retained the titles. If and I'm being then, honest, I don't like the tag team story of I don't like my tag team competitor except very specific times. Yeah, like well, when they're are... like when they're having a match is the no. only time that they tolerate each other. No, no. I mean, I like I don't like the storyline except specific times that the storyline takes place. Oh, and the only like specific team hell time, no, like team hell no. Yeah. But this this Shirai and Stark I don't like you thing is reminding me of Nia Jackson, Chana Baszler. Ooh, Which we don't talk harsh. about that. We don't we don't talk about that. But I, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't really like the the oh Zoe Stark wants to be her friend and and sure Io Shirai is like I don't like you. Yeah, I don't really like it. Uh, Zoe Stark is trying to be accepting and Io Shirai is I don't know being abrasive. Caddy, petty. I said caddy. I know you said caddy, but I'm saying petty. Yeah. Didn't care about me Ying match. Yeah, that was dumb. Uh, MSK. MSK and uh, Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch. Another great match. I didn't really think there was a whole lot of stuff to say about it. MSK retained the titles, though. And then MSK after the match, I was go ahead. I was going to say, I was just talking about after the match. Yeah, MSK retains the titles, puts on a really good show. And then after the match, go ahead, Dylan. Uh, after the match, uh, well, I feel like our War Games prediction is no more because Pete Dunn's team is also no more. Pete Dunn's team was cut in half this week. By who? Pete Dunn's team. Yeah. Pete Dunn <laughs> and Ridge Holland are presumably upset that Oni and Danny didn't win the match. And they attack them, and obviously they're not all good friends anymore. Yeah, we've got trouble in River City, and it's uh, it's with Pete Dunn's team. Yeah, or Pete uh, Dunn's former former Pete Dunn's team. The the team formerly known as Pete Dunn's team. The team formerly known as fucking nothing. We've the just team been formerly them known Pete. as Pat McAfee's team. That's actually very true. Yeah, except instead of Ridge Holland, it was Pat McAfee. Rich Holland was there. He just got hurt really early in that. But I thought it was McAfee, Dunn, Lorcan, and Birch. And and Rich Holland was there too. Oh. Joe is actively flipping off Raven. He's really mad at her. I can't really see what's going on below the table. Looks like he might be trying to wrestle her. This is a wrestling podcast, so that would make yeah. sense. Uh, um, oh, he's back. Okay. Yeah, so I don't know what's going on. Maybe it's the return of Pat McAfee. Doubtful. Doubtful, but it would fit in the three-man dynamic. Uh, and also fitting is the fact that NXT is going for the younger vibe. Was this their way of saying goodbye to Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch? I hope not. I really like them, unless they move them up to the main roster, but... 
but they'll 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 be squandered on the main roster. Yeah, there's just there's a lot of people that I feel like just don't fit on NXT, but then I and then again I don't want them in AEW because that's I mean that seems like destination A for everybody now, uh, for good reason. There are certain there's just certain people I don't want to see in AEW, just because I know that I know that they won't get the time to shine that they think they anyone thinks they deserve but I, I also don't think they'll get the the time the time they deserve on the main roster you're main probably roster right they would just be jobbers but at least they would i don't know be on national television yeah true every so often i don't i don't know man they, is, they were a team this that is why i, I don't to... this is why i don't book wrestling because i would do a bad i would i would feel like shit when i didn't book people i liked uh, yeah uh, th- there was a time where they didn't get the recognition they deserved on NXT for a long time. And then they finally won the championships. And I was like, yeah, the entire time I've been watching them, I thought they deserved the championships. And then, of course, uh, Danny Birch got, got injured. Yeah. And, yeah, it sucked. Yeah. But you know what didn't suck, Joe? What's that? AEW Dynamite last night. AEW Dynamite did not suck. It wasn't their best Dynamite like we've already talked about, but it no. did not suck. The first thing I saw in this show was a sign that said Nyla farted. Probably true. <laughs> uh, we started off the, the night, though, with Malachi Black uh, taking on Dustin Rhodes. Decent opener here. Uh, it's pretty hard-hitting stuff. Dustin had a really bad <laughs> cut on his arm. Looked like almost like a puncture wound almost. Uh, and Malachi Black wins. Kind of a lackluster black mass, whatever they're calling his spinning heel kick finisher now because he hit him on like the back instead of in the jaw. Yeah. W- whatever. Dustin's really tall, so maybe he couldn't get his leg up that high. I, I probably couldn't kick Dustin's butt. Probably couldn't get my leg up that high. So you know what? Good on him. Good on him. Uh, and then they they announced that uh, Malachi Black's going to be taking on Cody Rhodes uh, at the Arthur Ashe show on, I guess, two weeks from now on the 22nd. Two weeks from yesterday on the 22nd. So that'll probably be the big payoff for that uh, feud. So yeah. looking forward got, to that. Yeah, then we got CM Punk in, in the ring talking about how he was in the ring. More of the same. I didn't know if I if I still had it. But I had a great match. And then randomly, Taz says, give me a microphone, even though he already had a microphone on his head because he was part of the commentary team. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> says, give me a microphone. And he says, don't ever talk about Team Taz. And he's like, literally, I wasn't even talking about <laughs> literally Team Literally, nobody said anything about <laughs> Team Taz, which is hilarious. Yeah. And then he's like, yeah, but I know you might have talked about him. And that seems to be CM Punk's next feud is with somebody in Team Taz. Hopefully, it's just a match with Ricky Starks. Uh, that would probably be the only thing I would want to see. Ricky Starks is a pretty good wrestler. Yeah. And, like, I feel like their styles would match pretty well. Like, I would not. I, I don't know if I want to see. I definitely don't want to see a Punk and Hook match because I haven't seen Hook wrestle at all. I don't think he would be that good. And then Hobbs is obviously a powerhouse. It's literally in the name. I just don't know if that style meshes really well with punk, but I, I'm like I said, I haven't seen a CM punk be- match before last Sunday in seven years. So I yeah. could be completely wrong. So speaking of Taz, 
I was scrolling through the Twitterverse this this week, and I came across you a, saw you saw the video, didn't you? Taz vibes to songs. Yeah, that's been a thing for a really long time, dude. I I started just scrolling through this this uh this Twitter handle and seeing yeah. the different songs they vibe to that he vibes to, and it's really funny. Yeah, if you haven't seen that, the the Taz, it's like Taz it's vibes at, at, at Taz vibes to songs. Yeah, it's so funny. It's it's like that. If you remember the the video where the, it's like a hardcore show where the guy is like punching and then the crowd goes wild. You've never seen them still? Probably like like a mosh pit. Yeah, yeah. I've um, seen I've seen videos of mosh pits. That's not what I'm saying. It's. It's the specifically the, the lead singer of the song of, of the band is like going super hard on stage and like punching down at the air and mm-hmm. like dancing and skunking and they put different songs to it. Okay. Uh, and that's what the Taz vibes to songs reminded me of. And it was pretty funny. It's just Taz sitting in a car, like just, just grooving. Just, he's literally vibing. That's yeah. I mean, it's, it's, everybody it's, aspires to be like Taz in that, in that moment. Yeah, it's pretty just funny. vibing all the time. And they, they just put it to a bunch of different uh bunch of different songs. Yeah. Specifically the Adam Cole and Brian Danielson most recently. Uh, uh I actually the music. first one I saw it to was the Ruby Soho by Rancid. Oh. Yeah. Well, speaking of Ruby Soho, she's a wrestler. She got absolutely murdered on the mic by Britt Baker. Britt Baker, like uh calling her like the runaway which is what like her character name is now and she's like why don't you go run away back to catering where you've been standing for the last four years ouch yikes yeah that happened that did happen uh but then ruby soho had a match with jamie Hayter, and ruby soho wins she does so oh Oh, yeah, I see what you did there. I was yeah. like, whoa, who are you calling a hoe? And then I was like, oh, wait, I said so. Yeah. All right, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. What else? What else? What else? Uh, MJF. MJF I mean, spit hot fire. MJF crossed a few lines on Wednesday he, that he I was so I was lines. that I was just totally down to listen to because it's not uh, me saying them. I, I'm just listening. I'm just an seen- innocent. I'm just an innocent bystander watching on TV. If you've seen the Dark Side episode about Brian Pillman, then you know that Brian Pillman Jr. was in that episode. And that I thought you were going to say, I don't know why, but I thought you were going to say, if you've seen that episode, then you know that Brian Pillman Jr. is actually the son of Brian Pillman. <laughs> I no, don't you know, know that, why I thought you were about to say that. You know that, that in that episode, it talks about brian pillman jr's life after his dad died and i think his mom uh she was like a drug addict and then she committed suicide right i thought she was still alive because they, they she, were, oh they, you're they were, right they you're were right. interviewing her in the episode you're right she is still alive uh but brian she like she was a drug addict and she uh brian pillman jr was raised by his aunt yeah uh whose name i don't remember right now cm punk called her a saint uh Jillian? No, I think that was his sister. Fuck. Um, I feel like an asshole because I don't know. Linda. Linda. Aunt Linda. Close um, enough. Yeah. So, so Brian uh, or MJF comes out 
and talks shit on Aunt Linda and then calls out Brian Pillman Jr.'s sister and says uh, basically bad things about her being pregnant. Calls her a junkie too. Calls her a junkie like like her mom. Uh, and then Brian Pillman is is mad enough. Brian Pillman Jr. is mad enough, so he comes out and says, hey, you can't say those mean things. You don't and say that. You can't say that. That's what he did. Calls uh, calls Brian Pillman's mom's, P- Brian Pillman Jr.'s mom's methany. I guess her name is Melanie or something. Yeah, it was. And then says that he's going to do to Brian Pillman Jr. what her mom or his mom should have done to him, which is abort and he, him. He starts to say abort and then gets starts to get beat up. And it's just yeah. like, holy fuck, dude. MJF just crossed so many lines. Like said that said that his mom should have should have done what he what she did to thousands of others rest, wrestling prodigies that could have been Brian Pillman's children, which was swallow. Yeah. <laughs> just said some brutal fucking shit. Yeah, it was the roast show last night. That's what it was. It was wow. Yeah. Like, lots of things, lots of things were said that I never thought I would hear on television when I'm watching wrestling. I was watching it and I was honest. like, oh my God. Yeah. It was it was rough. Um the only like the only other stuff I took notes on was the end. Um I don't know if you want to talk about any of the matches in between. No. There in the end. Or I'm sorry, not the end. The elite stuff. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I wouldn't even. Yeah, I, I, yeah the, the Moxley Minoru Suzuki match, I've kind of already talked about already. It was like, it was a match that happened. It was 10, 12 minutes. Kind of just, it just had the feeling like it got cut short on TV time and could have been better, but it was still pretty good. Ooh, the Dark Order might be breaking up ish. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to let that one play out. I, I don't really have anything to say about that yet. I just kind of, I want to give it another week to see where it goes. Yeah. Bray Wyatt's going to bring them together. <sighs> no, I, I think AEW is fine where it's at right now. I don't think they need another big star. I think they're going to sign Bray Wyatt. I do too. <laughs> Even if you don't think they need another big star. They're probably that's that's probably why that's happening right now is the 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 feud in uh the inner no dark order the dark order is happening is because there's going to be a new figurehead which they said they don't need but yeah it's probably gonna happen we'll see and and if you're going to replace we'll only tell if you're going to replace Brody, brody lee I don't think there's anyone more fitting. Yeah. Then I, I hope they don't call it a replacement. I just, I don't know. It's just, it's just that, that some a part of his family because he's gone. Like I wouldn't want to have someone legitimately say I'm replacing this person. Just call them like the new leader, you know, or something like that. Yeah. Just don't just don't call him a replacement because the, the word replacement just doesn't do him justice. Yeah. You know, but anyways, back to oh really Raven. Wow. That's a big yawn. Yeah. Um back to what I was gonna say about the elite. So uh Raven, I know you don't like the elite, but you don't have to bark when you hear the elite me say the elite. We're gonna you, talk about them every week. You could just be elite. Yeah. Be elite. 
be elite, be be elite. So there was there was some elite stuff. Go yeah, ahead so they came out and they introduced uh, Adam Cole as the new member of the elite. He came out, did some more story time, and then he got in the face of Tony Schiavone. Oh, yeah. Which, I mean, just topped off the night of roasts. Uh, he said, got in his face. He said, look, I know you're close with Britt Baker. If you even look at her funny, I'm going to slap those stupid glasses off of your face. Now get out of my ring. Yeah. Just, damn. I just thought it was good stuff. I mean. That's, that's all I have. Well, and then Brian comes out. And then and Daniel Bryan comes Brian Danielson comes out. Yeah, you gotta you gotta you gotta make a round turn on that, JR. You gotta stop calling him Daniel Bryan. Or else okay. I'm gonna start or else I'm gonna start calling you Jim Ross. JR is definitely going to I think I'm pretty sure he already has called him Daniel Bryan. Yeah. I just I caught it. I'm pretty sure I heard him say it once, but I just didn't write it down. So I don't remember when it was. So right now it's looking like we are getting uh, Kenny Omega versus Brian Danielson next. And not, we're not a non-title match. I think it'll be for the title. Almost has to be. Hmm. His win loss record is flawless. He's been defeated. in zero That matches. is the one thing that I'm wondering, like, will AEW make him rise the ranks? I don't know. Is he too big of a star to do that? I mean, if he is, then why isn't CM Punk? But CM Punk wants to rise the ring. So I feel like it's kind of up to whatever he wants to do and whatever he proposes to Tony Khan. It'll be whatever he wants. Uh, the other thing is, uh, looks like we're going to get an Adam Cole and Jungle Boy feud. Ooh. Which is one of, one of the people that in the, that little media day that I watched, uh, Adam Cole said he was like looking forward to the most. He's looking forward to facing Jungle Boy the most which is very exciting. Yeah, could be a very good match. Yeah. All right. Reminiscent uh, of that classic feud, Adam Cole versus Kyle O'Reilly. Yeah, definitely. All right. Uh, since we're running a little long on time, we'll just do one listener question here. Uh, let's see. Oh, yeah, this is the one I want to talk about the most. So with the, uh, the new NXT coming next week, Who's going to be getting the big pushes on the new NXT brand? Who's going to get cut? Well, I already said one thing. I don't think Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch are going to be around much longer. Okay. Uh, people that, that can't really stay around if there's this new NXT is Tommaso Ciampa, your NXT champion, Samoa Joe, uh, Timothy Thatcher, uh, fucking Johnny, Johnny Gargano's O'Reilly. Kyle O'Reilly, and he should be the next champ in our old version of NXT. Yeah. William Regal? No, I'm just kidding. I just don't... I don't... LA Knight, I don't know what they're going to do with all of the, the older people that don't fit on the main roster. Like, are they going to move them up to the main roster? Probably not. Like, LA Knight could probably go to the main roster. He kind of fits the mold of the main roster. But, like, Champ and Gargano, kind of smaller... In stature, they just don't fit on the main roster unless they go up there as a tag team and just like repackage them all together and just do DIY all over again and make Raw and SmackDown people that watch NXT just, you know, just call them dumb to their faces and be like, nope, this is DIY. Yeah. Just send them up there. That'd be the only way that I could see that, like, unless they just keep them down there, which if they kept them down there, it doesn't make any sense why we're doing a new NXT at that point. 
That's true. All right. Uh, what about the pushes? Uh, Odyssey Jones, obviously. Love it. Love it. Let's go. Uh, fucking MSK can stay on top forever. Yo yep. Shirai might not even fit in. I don't know how old she is. I think she'll go to the main roster too. Yeah. Tag her, her and her and Ember. Oh, you think probably also probably also Frankie Monet. She's also up there in age as far as the women's roster is concerned. Yep. Uh, Scarlet. Yeah, I mean, she's not a wrestler, but she'll she'll be with up there with Karen Cross hopefully soon. I literally think it's little like it's everyone else. Like it's Legato del Fantasma. It's Hit Row. It's uh, MSK, like you said. It's Carmelo Hayes. It's Duke Hudson. It's Odyssey Jones. It's Joseph Fatu. Don't know about that one. I don't remember seeing him. He's a he's you it's, haven't seen him on TV yet. He's a new signing. He's the Usos younger brother. Oh, nice. It's uh it's Loomis and Grimes, you know, like guys like that. Yeah. Carried into the future. I think they'll be fine. Oh, and Pete Dunn. I haven't even mentioned Pete Dunn and Ridge Holland. And Tyler Bates. Tyler, Tyler Ty- Bates. Tyler Bates. Tyler, Tyler Bates. Ilya Dragunov. Ever heard of him? He's not gonna be on uh NXT. He'll be on he'll be on NXT UK. But yeah. I mean, I think they're in good hands for the future. So I I, Raven doesn't think so at all. Raven thinks NXT is fucked. She's an old school NXT fan. (laughs) She loves her some shots some to go back and watch uh Shinsuke and uh Samoa Joe match. Yeah, she said bring back Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns to NXT. Roman Reigns was never in NXT. Uh, then why in 2000 something when the Shield debuted did they say it's Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, and John Moxley from NXT? Well, they probably didn't say John Moxley first of all, but they I thought Roman didn't. Reigns was only in FCW. But I, I'm, I mean, I don't know. I'm probably fucking wrong. I'm wrong about a lot of shit. Who cares? He's the he's one of the best in the world now, so we shouldn't even talk about that. Wait. I'm sorry, I stopped listening. You said best in the world. You're talking about Shane McMahon. I said one. Shut the fuck up. I said <laughs> one of the best in the world right now. Are you done? Yeah, I'm done. All right. Thanks for listening. I'm going to close it. <laughs> well, yeah, you're done. I'm not. I've got a minute left. Next week, we are going to talk once again about the weekly wrestling recap, but we are bringing back the retro beer ratings. We've had a month long of predictions and beer ratings of SummerSlam and NXT TakeOver 36 and now All Out. Finally done with that. We're getting back into the retro beer ratings before the week after we go right back into predictions when we talk about Extreme Rules. I believe we are talking about Over the Edge 1998 next week. I uh, could be completely wrong on that, but it's been a long time since we've done retro beer ratings, so um, maybe it'll be... Last? I don't remember. King of the Ring? No, King of the Ring 98 is coming up. WrestleMania 14? No, we watched the one after that. Whatever is after WrestleMania 14 was the one we watched last time, so we'll watch the one after that. Boom. Nailed it. Uh, yeah, that's that's what we're going to have next week. Uh, as always, you can rate, review, subscribe, whatever podcast platform where you are listening on. You can follow us on Twitter at DDT WrestlePod. We have been the Drunk Dudes, Dylan and Joe, and we will catch you on down the road.
Sipping